The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello and welcome to this week's mini-sode. In these shorter episodes, we're bringing you highlights from our most popular episodes. Also, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that here at the American Negotiation Institute, we have resources both for you and for your team. Our professional development training programs focus on negotiation, conflict resolution, communication, and leadership. We also customize every single training for the needs of our clients. We also have an online course and one-on-one training if you are looking to improve your skills personally. We love working with podcast listeners, so check out the links in the description if you're interested in learning more. We'd love to work with you. And now, without further ado, let's jump into the interview. You mentioned when you were talking to, when you're dealing with athletes, you're always negotiating. So what kind of negotiations does that involve with your clients? Yeah. Anytime you're in a um, in a professional services industry, you're always negotiating with your client because you're there to provide them a service, but oftentimes they want to do X and your professional background might say they really should do Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether you're a financial advisor like I was or you're an attorney or you're an accountant or you're some other type of advisor, you have the professional perspective that they should make a certain decision. But now you have to convince your client to make that decision. And that decision might not be something comfortable. So let's make it real, right? So working with um, working with athletes, especially as a financial advisor, clearly the biggest thing that I focused on was savings, right? How do you save and invest as opposed to spend and um, fall into the statistics of so many professional athletes who go broke? Right. And so that negotiation of... What should, you know, the client, you know, deciding what they should do with a signing bonus check, um, you know, wanting to go out and spend and buy the latest car or boat or, yeah. you know, upgrade their house or do all these things where they're spending versus um, actually saving and put, putting that away. It's hard. And, and the reason that that in particular was hard as it relates to negotiation is that a lot of times there's an education piece to it. And when you're, I think the key to negotiating with um, with your own client is educating them. And if you can educate them as to the decisions that they should make, um, it, it makes it a little bit easier. And that's a hard thing to do. So what I had to do is educate these players on the impact of spending a certain amount of money now versus saving that money now and what that long-term effect is. Mm-hmm. So as one of the things that I be, that I found very helpful in working with these guys was that the easiest way to educate them, because I'm not going to come out and start trying to give them definitions of what a correlation coefficient is or sharp ratio of a portfolio and all that kind of stuff, because um, they'll just tune me out. Um, but what I could say is, listen, last month you spent X number of dollars um, and cents, like down to the penny. If you spend, on average, that much money every single month um, and you don't get another contract, you're going to go broke on X date. So let's look at let's look at this um, let's look at this signing bonus or this check or this upcoming season of of, um, of your pay and figure out okay if we if we can put more of it away this is how long it extends it so instead of you going you know potentially going broken again this is assuming no other no additional job right away when you're done playing which a lot of a lot of players face um, then that means instead of you know potentially you know running out of money. Four years from now, you might run out of money 15, 20, 30 years from now. So mm-hmm. so it's all about how do I take this client through an educational process, one, that they can understand, and two, that is compelling enough to, to cause them to want to act and make a decision 
preferably a decision that's in line with um, with what my professional expertise would um, kind of direct. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side of that is they don't always listen, right? right. And and so right. now the negotiation is just like in any kind of corporate negotiation. You're saying, okay, if I can't get my ideal deal terms, if I can't get the best situation that I want, how can I at least mitigate the downside as as best as possible? Mm-hmm. And so if I if I were to say, um, you know, out of this five million dollar signing bonus, we should put away um, after taxes, we should put away you know, $2 million and you can spend this 500,000. If they say, nope, I'm going to spend 1.5 million and only want to put away a million. Okay. Well now what impact that does that have in putting together a plan for them for the future? So how can I mitigate the risk of running out of money at a certain point? Um, what impact does that have? And again, it's still educating that client through the process. So this is a very long winded answer to your, to your question, but I think negotiating with your clients it all comes down to how do you educate them, and in educating them, and have if you've built the trust and you've built that relationship, um, if you educate them accordingly and appropriately, um, ultimately, you know the belief and hope is that they'll they'll make a decision that follows kind of your guidance. That makes sense. So, how do you build that trust? Because of course, when you're when you're a big time athlete making millions of dollars, everybody wants a piece of you. Yep. And it's it's really it's logical for them to have a certain amount of distrust of everybody absolutely because everybody wants a piece so how do you build that trust with them yeah yeah so the 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 trust factor is is critical in any relationship especially in any relationship where you're negotiating and and working towards some type of uh, desired outcome specific to athletes you know and I, i guess maybe it's not that specific to athletes i think it's across the board uh but one of the things that i did with athletes was i was always honest um and with athletes in particular, I, I didn't really have a desire to be their groupie, to be their fan, um, to be, you know, kind of their their part of their entourage. Um, mm-hmm. My goal was very professional and it was to provide them service and to give them honest advice and to tell them when they're wrong. And so many times you have people that surround these athletes that are yes people. And it's the same thing with key executives, yeah. with business owners, etc. right? There's so many people around them who are who don't want to risk rocking the boat, who don't want to risk right. their job, their role, their position, um, and, and the benefits that have come from their position. So they, they, they don't stand up for what they truly believe in. And I think that athletes in particular respect that because it's so, it's so rare in their life for them to hear no and for them to hear someone who will, um, who will be very direct with, with what it is that they do. Um, I remember the first meeting I had. So I worked with a lot of NFL players, but I remember the first um, meeting that I ever had with an NBA player when I was a financial advisor. And um, it was with the player, one of my partners, and then also one of his advisors. And we we gave this whole presentation, and I I was very bold and direct in the decisions that he had to make and that they're not easy decisions and that they're not always going to be comfortable and they're not going to allow you to live, you know, any type of lifestyle that you want to live. But here's what you need to do if you want to find success when you're done playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I left after we left, I ended up getting the feedback um, where the player basically said, that guy has swag. I trust what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in one meeting. When you think about that, if you had, you know, no other contact and it's your first meeting and it's a pitch and you're just really trying to like help you know, sell yourself and sell your services and then ultimately help build trust that you can have a long-standing relationship with that client. That's what you want, right? You want them to know from day one that you're different, that you're yeah. there to achieve a purpose and to provide them, you know, particular um, advice in a particular area um, and not to back down to what it is that you believe in mm-hmm. is in their best interest. 
One of the things that I found most interesting there is the the similarities between high ranking people in a business in the business Definitely. world and the professional athletes because it's so easy to look at those athletes and say oh look at their entourage just saying yes to whatever it is right. they say but yeah and I think that's a problem that corporations have a lot because Absolutely. people just go with the flow that's right that's right nobody wants to 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 rock the boat. And it, because it's a risk, it, it puts yourself at risk. So if you're a service provider trying to get a client, you... the LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing. We're changing. And there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. So come figure it out with me on the Hello Monday podcast. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or NYU professor Scott Galloway on choosing a career. I think the worst advice you can give a kid is follow your passion. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday with me, Jesse Hempel, on the LinkedIn Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. You feel like you're going to be put at risk by challenging that client or challenging the norm or status quo that they're used to. If you're, you know, working in a company and you're, you know, to challenge the the CEO or the president or the head of that company or that that business division, you know, oftentimes you feel like, um, you know, am I going to am I going to get fired for saying, you know, for speaking out or, or disagreeing, or am I going to how am I going to be challenged? And the same thing with it's it, honestly it's the same thing when you're negotiating. So. In, in some type of transaction. So again, I do M&A where mergers and acquisitions were buying and selling companies, etc. And um, sometimes you feel like you don't want to lose the deal because there's pr- external pressures on getting a deal done. The CEO, the head of a particular business unit or a particular brand wants to get a deal done. And y- you still have to hold true to you know what are the core values of the company and, and yourself. And so when you're negotiating, you want to make sure that you're still staying true to that and not just giving in on points um, just to try to get the deal done. And if you can't, if you reach impasse, you reach impasse, but you have to be able to be confident that you've you've done everything kind of in the in a way that's that's true to who you are and, and the values of the company. And so when you see that coming beforehand, how do you get that confidence? Where does that come from? Because a lot of times people have that fear, like you said, of losing the deal or getting or getting fired. Mm-hmm. But you have to balance that that risk or perceived risk with doing the right thing. So yeah. for you, how were you able to get that confidence to to speak the truth? To me, it's all about completely understanding whatever the, the task is at hand. Mm-hmm. Confidence comes when you know 
all aspects of whatever transaction, whatever deal, whatever advice to a client uh, that you're meeting with, when you have when you have a full understanding of what that client is is trying to achieve, and you know kind of the steps, or you know whatever the answer or solution is, or you have a, a, a number of solutions to offer, if you can be if you can be confident um, in knowing what that is, then you can be confident with that client. You can be confident in telling them you know no to what it is that they want to do. So if it's if it's working with um, with a client, back when I was a, um, a financial advisor, I would always have the solutions out, have various options, and so that when we would talk, the confidence came in knowing that I know that client situation better than anybody else. Yes, they may have other advisors, um, but I'm gonna I know that full picture, that full scope of what it is that they're trying to achieve, um, and I understand their kind of idiosyncrasies. I know that they're a spender versus a saver. I know that um, that they have a real desire to provide for their family. Let's say so they're gonna want to buy houses for their siblings, and this you have to fully understand the situation. Same thing in the M&A deals that I work on and others. I have to fully understand both our company corporate objectives as well as what are those interests like we you know, always talk about. What are those interests of the seller that we're trying to acquire? Because if I can find that bridge between the two, then I can be absolutely confident in what it is that we're coming with. And if, if there's no bridge to be made, there's no bridge. But at the same time, you have to fully educate yourself on the situation and in doing that you'll have confidence whether there's going to be an outcome or not right that's a great point and and kind of going back to when you were talking about educating the the clients and -hmm. i think this is a point that people who are listening can take from any walk of life if they're in the service industry or if they're selling products or even if they're they're not entrepreneurs themselves but within a corporation you still kind of have a client absolutely extent yeah and that educational aspect is huge and so when, when you're uh, negotiating with somebody or trying to persuade somebody, you have the ethos part, the, uh, the logic, yep. or the, the logos, which is logic, and then ethos, ethics, and then pathos, which is the heart, you know, yep. the emotions. Yep. So how did you balance all three of those when dealing with the clients? Because you talked about how you were able to build out the numbers for them. Um, how were you able to kind of speak to their heart and yeah. address that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and I, I think... Part of it is is when you think about the heart, it's 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 not just about it's not just about what you can do for yourself. When you're in the service industry, or, or even if you're selling product, etc., you, you you have an understanding of what it is that you're trying to achieve, right? So so typically you want to either sell more widgets, or you want to bring on more clients, or you want to grow your business, you want to excel in your career, whatever. You have those internal desires, mm-hmm. but what helps. And what I think has helped me be successful in life is that I really try to tap into that client's heart, right? And so if you're if you're in, if you're selling widgets, then you're trying to tap into the consumer's heart and desires and what they're trying to achieve. But particularly in in the service industry, um, really, what what motivates my client? What keeps them up at night? What is it that challenges them? Um, what is it that would make their lives better? What is going to help them? From going broke at a certain point, and 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 this, you know, working with athletes to me was it really has been a passion, and I, I still kind of scratch that itch um, in in other ways of of giving back and trying to educate players. But it, I really took it personally um, if clients made poor decisions. Mm. I really want to see them succeed, and and my desire to help came through to them so they can see that your client knows if you care about them or you don't care about them and so i think a lot of times when you balance it's 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 your heart it's your logic 
Um, it's your mind. It's, it's bringing all this together, but it's about being authentic. If I'm authentic and they see that I care about them, they're more apt to listen. Regardless of what the plan is at the end of the day, if I can touch, um, t- tap into their lives and what's important to them, uh, they're much more open to understanding what it is that I'm trying to have them do. Right. Um, you know, somebody, when I, when I was in sales at the investment firm early on in my career, I had a good mentor and friend who told me people don't, people don't buy products like in the service industry. They don't, they don't buy solutions or products. They, they buy the people. Right. And so so if you're a, a financial advisor, if you're a um, um, if you're like an accountant or an attorney or along those lines and you're trying to get new clients, it's not about, you know, I'm the best attorney in this particular area or I've got the best um, solution for, uh, you know, investing, etc. It's about does the client trust you? Does the client feel like you care about them and that you're going to put their interests above your own? Everybody, you know, uh, used car salesman, right? Quote, unquote, the proverbial used car salesman. A lot of times people people refer to that um, and kind of everybody has this image in their mind because that 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 connotates this image um, of, of someone who's really just trying to get a sale. They don't care about who the consumer is. They just want to sell this car. Mm-hmm. People can see that a mile away. And right. so when you're when you're honest, when you're authentic, when you when you really show a desire to help. That matters to people, mm-hmm. and, and because what happens then is when you think when you go at it from a mindset of allow my, I have this background and this 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 set of institutional knowledge, academically experiential knowledge, that's great, but I need to be able to take that and partner it, marry it with my heart, my desire to make an impact in the lives of the people I'm working with. And if I can do that, they'll see that it's more than just whatever the XYZ solution is. Right. So ultimately, again, another very long-winded answer to your question. But I, I think it's 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 finding a way to balance those that's honest and true to who you are mm-hmm. and then delivering that to your client. And when you're honest and authentic with yourself and what you're trying to achieve, clients see that and I think they, uh, they buy into it. That's powerful. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe. That really helps us to build the audience and helps to signal to other people that the content that we're sharing is worth listening to. Thanks again for being a listener. We appreciate you and we'll catch you in the next episode.